What's up, guys? This is Danny Langloss. Thanks for joining me today. I, I wasn't going to post an episode this week. I was going to take a week off. I'm doing a bunch of research right now for my book that's probably going to be titled Employee Engagement 10X, The Seven Pillars of Ownership. We got a podcast out there that's been pretty popular on that if you're interested. Uh, getting ready for next week, going to uh, release a podcast with Natalie Schrugel on unlocking the human element of leadership. She comes to us from Munich, Germany. So, so cool. But as I'm going through really what's thousands of pages of notes, different ideas, mind maps, stuff from trainings, getting all my research together to, to really dive into the seven pillars of ownership, I came across uh, some notes that were titled Trust and Bank Account. And what this is, is the leadership bank account. It's a relationship account that we have with every single member on our team. Now, it doesn't matter if you're the CEO or the top boss. You can be the frontline employee, middle management, executive leadership. If you're in government, you could be an elected official. It's for all of us. We have this account with every single person that, that we encounter, and it's based on several things. One of the things that it's founded in is Maya Angelou's statement, people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. My good friend on LinkedIn, Michael Ray, talks it's all about the feels. And so I talk to our team members a ton about with this leadership account that we have with each person, this relationship account, there are deposits and withdrawals. On a scale of one to 10, a deposit is going to be a one, a two, or a three um, most of the time. Sometimes you'll get a bigger deposit than that, but withdrawals are generally going to be five, six, seven, eight, sometimes a nine or a 10. Withdrawals are, are problematic. And we all know that leadership isn't for the faint of heart. Things don't always go as planned. We're just human beings as well. And, and we're going to make withdrawals. We're going to have bad days. There's going to be things just on perception, even if it doesn't match reality, that create these withdrawals. That's why we got to be so intentional about, about making deposits. So let's talk about deposits. What do deposits look like? So deposits, first thing, kindness, courtesy. There is so much power in something as simple as a smile, the way we look at and engage somebody. Every day, when we come into contact with our team members, we have to make sure we intentionally smile. We, we intentionally have a connection. It doesn't even have to be verbal. It can be very nonverbal, but that leaves a person feeling good, letting them know that you care. You know, taking it that step further, saying good morning to somebody, saying good afternoon to somebody, asking how their day's going and truly caring. Ask them what challenges they're currently facing that they're working to overcome. You know, asking questions and truly connecting to let people know that you care about them and doing it in a very pleasant, kind, and caring way. So, so, so important. Number two, keeping promises. As leaders, if we say we're going to do something, we got to do it. There's, there's a lot of reasons why we might break our promises that have nothing to do with the fact that we didn't intend on keeping them. One of my favorite quotes and sayings related to this is, good intentions pave the road to hell right? And so sometimes those good intentions are in our mind. Hey, I've got somebody in the hospital. Uh, I want to make sure to follow up with them or their wife and see how they're doing. And then you get busy and you don't do it, right? People recognize that, hey, Danny didn't even bother to reach out and check in and see how I'm doing. So we got to do that. But when we think about promises, if especially when we verbalize, if we tell somebody we're going to do something, we need to do it. And we also have to be careful with when we talk and brainstorm and have conversations with people, 
what we lead them to believe is going to happen, even if we didn't say it specifically, because that can be an issue as well. So just being real conscious of that, making sure we're keeping our promises day in and day out, being consistent on that is so, so important. Next one's honoring expectations. So if you're following this, you know that we believe one of a leader's greatest tools are clear expectations. We're a big fan of written expectation statements, clear role definition and assignment. Well, for me, honoring expectations means that once we've communicated those expectations for a person, their role, their their work, we've got to honor them and allow them to do their work. And so often we hire people, we train them, we coach them, we mentor them, we turn them loose, and we just have to get involved because we think we know a better way or we're worried there might be a mistake made. No, absolutely not. If we hire somebody to do a job after we've coached, trained, mentored, supported, we got to do what's what's probably the hardest for a lot of leaders. That's get out of our team members' way. Honor those expectations and those role assignments and allow people to do their job. Create an environment where they know they can come to you if they need help. And if they don't, let them work through it. That's where growth really happens. That's when our people are going to be more creative, more innovative, and, and gear more towards that that conversation of ownership, the extreme psychological, emotional commitment to a team, a goal, its organization, where people do things because it's important to them, not because it's important to someone else. Honor expectations, allow them to do their job. Next one, be loyal to a fault. I'm not talking about things that violate character, integrity, ethics, laws, not that, but be loyal to your team. Always speak with good intentions. You know, one of the things I found, I can't believe people don't recognize this more and more, is if you're talking to somebody and you're speaking with bad intentions about somebody else, if you do that often, what this person ends up wondering is, hey, when they're talking to Jim, what are they saying about me, right? So demonstrate loyalty, demonstrate care to your team, be there, be there for them. This ties into the next one, having a person's back. I found that there's very little more powerful in this bank account than when somebody knows you have their back and when you step up and have their back, especially in big moments. When people know you have their back, this creates an environment for true being progressive, creative, innovative. Why, why is that? Because when somebody knows you have their back, they're not afraid to fail. They're not worried about, hey, what if this doesn't go perfect? What if it doesn't go right? I know this person has my back. They can take chances. They can be creative. They can be innovative. And these are all important elements of ownership and organizational excellence. Um, and so when we look at that, we got to always have people's back. we got to be fair and consistent. When we're not fair and we're not consistent, that leads to comparison. It leads to jealousy. It leads to envy. These are major withdrawals in our leadership influence account, our relationship account. These are the things that go seven, eight, nine, ten. We've got to be fair. We've got to be consistent. Next thing, we always have to be serving others. People are watching. My good friend Stephen Gower talks about your microphone is always on. And that isn't just what we say, but it's what we do. People are always watching what we do. They're watching our body language. They're paying attention to our emotions. They're paying attention to what we're saying. And when people consistently see that we're about serving others, that we're truly a servant leader there to help them reach their goals, reach their full potential, the organizational goals, you know, serving our customers, huge, huge deposit. Now, this isn't a deposit that happens on a big scale day in and day out, right? Like today I do something that's serving somebody else, that's a one or two. But if somebody's watched me do this day in and day out over a month, like that's a 10. You start adding 10s. 
And then the next thing that, 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 that is a big deposit is a sincere apology. When there's a problem, when we've made a mistake, when we've just been human and, and, and we, or, or, or we thought we were going the right way and we weren't, or we didn't realize the way we impacted somebody on an emotional level, that sincere apology is so important and being specific about it. If you, if you made this mistake in front of a group of people, the apology should probably come in front of that same group of people. If it's between you and somebody else, dealing with that between you and them is important. Remember, the apology is a one or a two or a three, could be a five, but your actions following it up to show that apology was sincere over the next few days, the next week, the next month, is, is what really brings, again, that level seven, eight deposit. So now I want to share with you some super deposits, some things that really change the game. They're incredible relationship and trust builders. First, I want to talk about the four things every person needs so we understand why these things are so powerful. Here are the four things. Number one, people need to feel cared for. Number two, they need to feel like they belong. Number three, they need to feel like they're making a difference. And number four is they need to feel appreciated. When people have these four things, they truly feel seen. They feel heard. They feel valued. And they feel like they have significance. So when we talk about a couple of the leaders' greatest tools around allowing people to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel feel valued, and to feel like they belong. One of these tools is asking questions. And the second tool related to this is listening. When we ask people what they think, when we ask them for their ideas, when we ask them for their feedback, we say Through those actions, we say to a person, you matter, you have value, I respect you, you are important, I trust you. And when we do those things, the type of emotion that it creates within us as human beings is so, so powerful. These are the super deposits Before we transition into withdrawals, when we talk about building trust, there's a couple other things that we can do that really help build that trust. The first one is trust first. When, When we think about it, when you feel trusted by somebody, it creates this good feeling inside of you and makes you much more likely to trust the other person. So look at that and trust first. There's only a few situations where we can't trust first. It's okay if things don't go the way we expected them to go. It's okay for us to learn if we trusted in the wrong situation, but trust first. And the next thing is, such a powerful, powerful trust builder, relationship builder, is the power of believing in someone. Human beings put these low ceilings over their heads and put up these tight walls around them And the job of leaders, when we believe in people, we help shatter those glass ceilings and those tight walls. And by our belief in our team members and our teams as a whole, 
builds this confidence in them and allows them to see what maybe they didn't think was possible. And the first time they accomplish something that that they didn't believe they can do, but you believed in them, the, the power of that, the deposit, these super deposits are level five, six, seven, eight, nine, even a 10. So let's talk about withdrawals. And the withdrawals are a little more obvious, but we need to be more intentional when we think about them. So I'm going to fly through those a little faster. Withdrawal number one, being unkind, being discourteous, doing something that undermines the other person, doing something that intentionally makes them look bad. Again, Maya Angelou said, people will never forget the way you make them feel. Number two, breaking promises. There's nothing worse than breaking promises. If, if, if somebody can't trust you, you can't, they can't have a relationship with you. You can't have influence. Your ability to unite and inspire and motivate and pull people together is going to be significantly diminished. We got to keep our promises. Violating expectations. This is the expectations I have of you. When I talk about these clear expectations, written expectations, we have these expectation statements for our leadership team as well. It's not just about the frontline employee. So we have to make sure that we're following and meeting those expectations and that we're honoring the expectations of others and allowing them to do their job. We're not micromanaging. We're not sticking our nose in where it doesn't belong. Disloyalty. We have to be loyal to our team members. We, we got to speak with good intentions. That ties in. We got to have their back. You know, when there's a problem or a mistake, we got to own that as leaders. And, and then behind closed doors, we can fix it. We can address it. We can do what needs to be done. But we've got to demonstrate loyalty. Pride. Pride is, pride is good. It's good to be prideful. It's, it's good to be trying to do the best job we can always do. It's good to represent our organizations in the right way. But a lot of times, pride can get in the way. The pride of always having to be right. The, the pride of never letting somebody else win. There are so many times where I've had to set my pride aside and let somebody else win or listen to them and, and allow them to vent what their emotions were, even if they're completely wrong. But I don't, I don't have to act from a position of pride. What I care about is, is our team members, our team, the organization, our goals, our vision. And when we can set pride aside, be curious, you know, seek to understand how the other person is feeling, where they're coming from, address the issues. Um, and, and just from a pure curiosity point, not to respond, just by giving people a chance to be heard and finding a common ground that we can give them a win and set our own pride aside is, is huge. But when we're prideful and can't do that, it's a major withdrawal. Next one's arrogance. People who say me, my, I all the time, they lose everybody. Nobody wants to be around a narcissist. Nobody wants to be around somebody who thinks they're better than everybody else. The, when we talk about the humility of leadership, we talk about unlocking the human element of leadership. It's about being human. It's about admitting mistakes. It's about acknowledging that we are just human. We all have flaws. We're not better than anybody else. We might be in different positions in the organization, but as human beings, we're not better than anybody else. Next one, favoritism. Favoritism, again, drives that comparison, drives jealousy, drives envy, significant withdrawals. These are withdrawals that are eight, nine, a 10 within the organization, within the team. Your microphone's always on. People are always watching. They're seeing your actions. If you've got a favorite and you're giving favoritism to people, whether it be a certain department or individuals, you're going to destroy your credibility. You're going to destroy your influence and your leadership value. Inconsistency. Inconsistency destroys trust consistency is one of the foundational elements of trust. People have to be able to trust 
who you're going to be day in and day out. And when you're consistent, they know who you are. They know what that is. I used to work with a guy who, before you went into his office, the joke was you'd throw your hat in and see if it got ripped to shreds or see if the, the person picked it up and gave it back to you and welcomed you in the office. You never knew what you were going to get. Um, that, that isn't a position where a person can be in leadership. We got to be consistent in acting in our values, uh, on expectations, and in our emotion and how we show up every day double standards that that goes with favoritism that goes with consistency we can't have a double standard you know what i mean especially for us we can't be like well i'm the boss it can't be do as i say it can't be you know you growing up you know your your mom or dad would say you know well because i told you so and if we're honest it was generally dad it wasn't mom right Uh, mom was explaining caring talking to you and this whole i told you so do as i say not as i do Great, great destroyer of trust relationships, especially when we look at Gen X, especially when we look at the millennials, Gen Z, they're just not going to stand for it. It's not that the boomers did. It's not that they liked it, but they showed a different level of respect because of title than what than, than what the other generations do. Self-serving, me, my, I, right? If it's all about you, if every time there's an issue, throw somebody under the bus, Right. If everything you do is to move your own career forward, people are going to see that and you're going to lose trust. This is a a 10 every time. It's a withdrawal of a 10 every single time. And then the last thing, you know, we can be great trainers and coaches and mentors. We can set clear expectations. We can support our people. We can pick them up and dust them off when they fall down. We can get out of their way. But if we don't hold people accountable, it will destroy cultures and organizations. I saw this firsthand coming up through the police department. You know, the the leadership team wasn't speaking with one voice. There was a lot of backstabbing going on. There were a lot of people not meeting expectations. And instead of holding people accountable, the police chief went around them, and it caused major, major culture issues. Uh, took took a while to fix and, and to get corrected, but, but, but you can. Uh, when you don't hold accountability, sometimes that's a one or a two or a three, depending on, you know, somebody came in five minutes late for work, okay? Depending on how relaxed your work environment is, maybe it's not even a big deal. But, but we got to make sure that we do hold those lines of accountability because when, when major mistakes are made, when violations of our values have occurred, when violations of our expectations occur, when people are going against mission, when people are going against the goals of the organization, there has to be accountability. And while I'm a big believer that you know, discipline is always the last option, there's times where discipline is, is absolutely important. So, so that's what I have for you today. I wanted to talk about you know, the leadership bank accounts, the relationship bank account. It's something we have with with people individually. You have it somewhat from the team, but really individually, again, those deposits of kindness and courtesy, keeping promises, honoring expectations, loyalty to a fault, sincere apologies, having a person's back, being fair and consistent, always serving others. And then we talk about the super deposits. Remember, people need to feel seen, heard, valued. They want to feel like they belong and appreciated. A couple of leaders' greatest tools, asking questions, listening, you know, something I don't think I mentioned earlier, but find ways to say yes. If somebody has an idea, you got to look to find ways to say yes. If we want creativity, innovation, people to be moving forward, a couple of very powerful trust builders. One, trust first. Second, the power of believing in people. The withdrawals, very damaging, will hurt you in a hurry. Being unkind, discourteous, breaking promises, violating expectations, being disloyal, acting out of pride, um, arrogance showing favoritism, inconsistency, having double standards, being self-serving, and failure to hold lines of accountability. Again, deposits add up as a one, two, three, sometimes more. Withdrawals are generally, they generally start at a five. 
and can escalate to a 10 quickly. So it's important for us to know this, be intentional about it. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. Consider giving us a rating or review so we can help more people. Also, what are some things for you that are deposits? What are some things that you see are withdrawals? I'd love to talk further about them. I'll be posting you know, this week. This will be released today. I'm recording it. Uh, which is November 22nd, 2021. And so on LinkedIn, I'll make a post tomorrow about this. Come and interact on LinkedIn at Danny Langloss, but send me an email if you want to do have a conversation a little more private, danny.langloss at gmail.com. I'm interested to see what you think about this. I'm interested as to what other deposits you've seen identified, what other withdrawals and what your experiences have been. So thank you for joining me today. For the United States, have a great Thanksgiving. Otherwise, wishing everybody well. And remember, Always be committed to excellence.